this morning, um, wow, we didn't know that was going on, going to happen, but um, I wanted to, if I could, just take a minute to pastor what happened this morning. You know, God is setting people free, and when we get free, we're powerful. When we get free, we can really represent God, Father God, rightly to the people around us. Well, we don't have to preach the gospel to do that. Just our lives preach the gospel. So I want to talk about that for a minute uh, this morning. I, I had prepared a sermon about uh, the Father's love and the different types of fathers, and, and we, we will do that. But um, I, I'm going to hit this thing first. If you would just pull um, your Bibles open. Let's go to Romans 8. You knew we were going to Romans, probably. And I just want to um, just look at the promises that Jesus has made. Jesus came to show us the way to the Father. Jesus came to heal our sins, to make us pure and spotless before the Father. Jesus is the way to the Father. And just look at what he does. Just look at what a powerful example Jesus came as God and man and showed us. What a powerful example he showed us on how to live our lives before God. Taken away from sin. Did you know that when you get prayer for sin, when your heart truly repents from sin, that the sin is as far as the east is from the west. It's completely blotted out. There's no stain. There's nothing left. It's as if you've never sinned in your entire life. So when we walk out, a lot of times we want to still hang on to some of that old sin to go, but Lord, I'm not worthy. And you're right, we're not. But please, as you leave here today, when you laid that sin at the cross, please don't pick it back up when you get in your car and go to lunch. Leave it here. You are a pure and spotless bride. If Jesus came today, he'd say, you are my beloved. You're perfect because you've let the sin go. Don't remind Jesus of the sin. He's already blotted it out of the book. Why keep going back and say, but Lord, you can't do that for me. He's like, what did you do? I've blotted that out of the book. What, what do you keep bringing this up? I've forgiven you. Haven't you forgiven yourself? Haven't you forgiven others? In the Father's heart, message is about that. It's about forgiving others. It's about forgiving those who misrepresented Father God to us. What man can represent God properly? Some of you have had wonderful fathers. I know you. Some of you have had amazing fathers that, you know, hey, there are just some amazing fathers in the land today. You know, Dr. Dobson, people like that that just have understanding. But some of us, you know, we're, we're flawed. We got mistakes in our lives. We came down the lineage from other flawed fathers. That's my testimony too. I'm, I'm really ser- searching this out with my children right now, just saying, what kind of father was I? What, you know, how did you perceive this and that? And you know what? I found out some things. I found out that sometimes they're absolutely right, and it, there were things that were revealed to me that I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that that affected you that way. And I'm finding out that sometimes when you hear the three or five or seven that I have, including Samuel, tell the stories you find out that one of them took it a certain way and they may have been totally off on what really happened. That they've blown out of proportion this one little thing that happened. That one game you missed, that one horse you bought, that one thing. 
And the others are like, no, 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 that's not the way that happened at all. They're like, really? Oh, okay. So there's some misrepresentation even through us at what things meant. But let's face it, every father is flawed in some way unless you're Jesus Christ, unless you're God, Father God. All right, so let's look at what the Lord says about this getting free of sin, and then we're going to talk more about fathers, okay? Romans 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. To condemn something is to tear it down. It's like if you condemn a building, that means they put the tape on the door and you can't go in and out of it. And here come the big yellow graders and they just grade the thing down. It's condemned. It's good for nothing. There's no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. So if we're not condemned, then what are we? We're redeemed. We're usable. We're, we're, uh, we're worth something. So it's sometimes good to look at the opposite of what this says to have full understanding of it. The Lord's like, you're useful. You can house me. You're not condemned. I, it, it's where I want to live. So, and he's coming on with it. He's going, do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There comes a time in our lives, folks, if we can get this one little point. There comes a time in our lives when we begin to trade our earthly fathers for the father. In the Spirit, it's when we said yes to Him. In the Spirit, it's when the Holy Spirit came inside us. We said, you are now my Spirit one-to-one. I'm not your grandson through my Father. I am your Son through your Holy Spirit. You live inside of me. You are my Father. The Spirit man comes alive in that time, in that very moment when you said, I believe. Jesus is Lord. However it is that you said it. But the fleshly man lives according to the flesh. He thinks like the flesh. He does worldly things like the flesh. And we're constantly confronted with that because the, you know, there's, there's, the church has said we've all tried to compartmentalize our lives and say there's the spirit and then there's the soul. But there's not the spirit and then there's the soul. There's the spirit and then there's the soul. They're so close. They, they collide. They bump into each other every day. We're living in a place where there's a very, very thin veil between the spirit and the soul. So we're constantly bouncing in and out of trying to live according to the spirit versus the flesh. The living according to the flesh, the Lord says, is death. Living according to the spirit is life and peace. How many of you have life and peace? You have life and peace. But there are days, i got to tell you, I don't have life and peace. There are days when I'm not comforted and I don't have life and peace because I tend to go the way of the flesh. I tend to go the way of the flesh. And I'm telling you, it's death. Even this last week, even uh, just through a series of events through, uh, through my business life, you know, I'm a full-time businessman. My heart's here. But I'm a full-time businessman. I, I still work. We, we're not in a position where I can be here full-time. Or I don't think we are, unless the Lord tells you that this morning. If he does, prophesy. <laughs> As a full-time businessman, I'm constantly living in the world of the flesh as a spirit being. And it collides all the time. And I figured out that all of this preaching about the orphan spirit and trying to tell you all how to get it right like I did is bull. 
I'm still going through it. This week, I totally blow it. I'm ready to punch my business partner in the nose. Literally. My old man, I would have decked the sucker. I would have. And I'm like, this is not me. He's totally off. I'm totally justified. And I think I can take him. It's just... And I'm like, everything I told my wife, I cannot preach this Sunday because I'm a hypocrite. I have been telling you, I've been so excited about the Father's love and I totally misrepresented it to a Mormon. I need your prayers. Is that what Christians do? Do we misrepresent the very thing, the very message that my Father has given me? It's not okay. We are, we are totally able to overcome through our Father. But if we want to continue to try to get up under that burden of the flesh and live, started to take God's job over and start to take control of our lives, which I do because of my earthly father, because of my earthly wounds, because the day I was supposed to hand that off and go to the Father, I didn't. You know what I did? Let me see if I can explain this. My father, I told you, went through the Great Depression. My father was one who had to survive, so there was no extra. So how did I see my father? One without a lot of extras. One that, why would he bless me? One that, why would he pour out lavishly on me? One that has a limited, finite amount of resources to give me. My father in his younger years, before he was 50, before he uh, bowed his knee and said, Jesus is Lord, and went down front and got baptized, my father was an angry man. He would go off like that. So if you'd spilled the peas or you didn't hold the flashlight right there where you were supposed to hold it or you couldn't, get, you couldn't lift the bale of hay high enough to get it up on the truck, then you heard the rage coming. Wah! And it was huge. And your heart, my heart inside would shrivel. And so how do I see my father? As long as I pray enough, do all the Christian disciplines and all that, he loves me. But if, he, if I don't do that, here comes the rage. These are real scenarios. You've got your own. My father was a wonderful man once he accepted the Lord. He got it. He began to read the Word. He began to, it came alive for him. He changed. He softened. He was a wonderful father, and he stayed through it all. Even if he had never changed, he was still a wonderful father. Great provider, hard worker, do anything for you. Honest man, most honest man I'd ever, I'd ever met. But do you see how if your father had a few flaws, that it could be carried out and carried on to the place of your life? Even as we came up today, what if our fathers were abusive? What if they set our sexual template at an early age by um, abusing us? Stepchildren, children, you know, things things happen, right? Abusive fathers a lot of times will start that template, start it wrong. And... What if he didn't protect you and someone got to you? What if these things happen that we, you know, we set off in this, in this direction? No fault of your own whatsoever. But there comes a time in our lives, folks, and it's today. If we haven't done this, every one of us. I'm struggling with this sometimes too. 
in my own life with this business thing where I've got to carry my load. But if you are carrying your own load and you haven't traded up from your earthly father being your oversight for provision, for protection, for everything in your life, today's the day to make that trade. We have to hand off. The Lord says that we leave our father's house when we come to him. We leave our father and mother and we come to him. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to trust him with all of it. Now, while you're in your father's house when you're young, of course, they're, they're, you know your fleshly needs are taken care of by your father, hopefully. A good father would feed his child. He would take care of it, provide shelter, keep him safe and comforted. But there even comes a day when you hand that off. And one of the things that I, I want I to just hit this. One of the things that we need to hand off is this business of, you know, no matter how our fathers were, no matter how our other, when I say fathers, it could be coaches, teachers, step fathers and mothers, any people in our lives, whoever was around us that shaped us, no matter how they lived their lives, if you saw them, you know, doing things that were not, just right, then that could have carried over into your childhood. I'll give you an example. One of my friends still talks about finding a Playboy magazine in his father's um, drawer one day when he was looking for something and how the, the family just went crazy over that, how the wife discovered it then and found out that he was looking at this horrible pornography and that got blown up into this huge deal. And, and my friend went to, uh, when his father died, uh, he went, his father went to his grave without reconciliation being made. My friend made such a big deal out of that that he held that against his father until he died and never got to tell him any different. That's one thing. You know, so I, I just want to get to the bottom of this. I'm hoping to land it that our fathers are flawed. We're flawed as fathers, and we need to trade up. We need to say, okay, Lord, I, now you're taking over. You are my father. Yeah, in all of these areas. What are the areas? Let's look at the different father types real quick. I hope this is, this is hope to you that, you know, as we go to him directly, because our spirit man's okay. Our spirit man's already said Jesus is Lord. That's good. We, but what we need now, we need help with the flesh. We need to walk this out every day. So there are several, six different types of fathers that we've identified. The first being the good father. If you want to say the good father, um, what, do we, what do we say about the good father? Probably was there, did, did his best, uh, had a lot to give. And there are many in this generation that have good fathers, but it's hard to leave your father's house when he's a good father. He's providing. He's got a nice, warm, comfortable pillow-top bed there. You can sleep till you know, 12 o'clock in the morning. He's got food in the cupboard. You don't have to ask, Right? And a lot of the young men are having so much trouble here. It's like, because you've got, you know, guys growing up, they're figuring this stuff out. They're getting free and they're raising their children. Their children are still, it's like, how old are you? Where do you, where do you live? Well, I still live with my father. Uh, oh, wow. My mom said to watch out for guys like you, you know. <laughs> and I, again, we've got to make light of this. But the thing is, is that it's hard to leave your good father. And that's not right. The Lord says that there comes a time you've got to hand off the good father and you've got to go to him for everything. You really do. You've got to start to trust. 
It's like standing on the dock in the boat. You know, you got to make a decision. Where am I going here? And you got to get in the boat. It's moving. It's going to go. And you got to get in it. So the good father, I'm going to give you just a few real quick, um, like uh, just a quick summary of what that would be. A good father would represent in a pretty full way our heavenly father. It'd be a place of safety. It'd be a place where you're nurtured. It'd be a place of love. It'd be a place of affirmation, if you will. A good father, um, just to give you some, some issues, though, would be to hand off the good father. In other words, to break the tie with your father to go here. That doesn't mean we're going to dishonor our father, our good father. Here's what I want to say to you. You're 100% responsible for your reaction to your father, no matter how it was. The Lord says, honor your father and mother, not honor only your good father if he doesn't abuse you. You have to honor your father and mother. You're 100% responsible before God for honoring your parents, no matter how they were. Because each one of us is flawed. We've already said that. So if you've dishonored your parent, take responsibility for that. We need repentance. We need to get right with God before that. Dishonoring your parents is a sin. We need to just call it what it is. If it's a sin, we need to confess it. Guess what? far as the east is from the west, just like all the other sins. He didn't say, this one doesn't apply. You can't get free of it. You absolutely can get free of it. Number two is a performance-oriented father. And I can relate to this. This is one of the father types I was describing. By the way, your father is not just... You're not going to be able to put your father in this neat little box. He's one of the six. He's probably dominant in one of the six. But there really are... You know, he may be... Two or three of these, or maybe all of them in a certain measure. And so the performance-oriented father had high standards or demands for certain behavior, like in sports, religion, education, and obedience. Yes, I said religion, where, you know, it's your expected young man to sit right there and do not, and you better, and all of this stuff, because you're representing this family. And I'm, I'm not saying let your kid run wild. I'm saying what, that there is a thing that is imparted to that child when we get into hyper-religious activity and imposing that on them at a young age. I'm not talking about loving the Father. I'm talking about doing the Christian disciplines that can sometimes be equated to works and really really not what the, what the deal is. We should lead our children to the Father, but we shouldn't uh, beat them over the head with the Bible. Are you all with me? We see that, Tracy and I led a uh, youth group for years, and I can tell you we had the wannabes and the have-to-bes. The wannabes were the ones that, you know, were there early and they couldn't wait to praise the Lord. The have-to-bes were the ones their parents made them come. We didn't, they didn't stick around our group very long, usually. So I don't want to lose them because we've misrepresented the Father along the way. And um, what are the symptoms of the performance-oriented Father well, a couple of this, the standards there is there's not much affection and affirmation. There's not much grace if you fail. You feel like you're only loved and accepted for what you do and how well you do it. So this can, if we, we bring this into the church, we bring this into the marketplace with us as well. So with me, if somebody criticizes my work when I know I'm outworking everybody there and doing a better job because that's the way I got my affirmation from my performance-oriented father. Hold the light. You did a good job, son. Lift the hay. You got it all done. That was you did on time. I got affirmation for the work I did. 
So when somebody says, you didn't do your work well, that means if I didn't do my work well, that means you're no good. Are you hearing me, church? If that happened to be your father, where you were a performance-oriented son and you didn't perform or you don't perform today in your job or at church or wherever it is, in your marriage, then I'm no good if I don't perform. We got to break that. That's wrong. We got to trade that for the father that says you're good no matter what. I love you. I made you. I, I, I just can't wait to be with you. When you mess up, tell me and, and we'll, get, we'll get past that. I'll forget all about it. I've got a way to go. Jesus, I sent him so that he could take away your sin when you sin. So that we can be full together in love. Is that helpful? What are some of the symptoms? Performance oriented. Only when you pray enough and do all the right disciplines do you feel like you're close to God. Spiritual ambitions to act right, dress right, do everything that we're supposed to do in church or anywhere else. Then we feel like, all right, now I've got it. Now I can come to you, Father. But when you hadn't read your Bible in a couple of weeks, can't even find it, you're like, oh, I better not see him right now. He's probably going to be disappointed in me because I didn't do my disciplines. Are you all with me? Can we move on to the next one? Passive father, not actively involved in your life. Number two is, I'm sorry, number three is the passive father. Number one, the good father. Number two, performance oriented. Number three, the passive. You got to listen fast this morning because that's just the way it's rolling out of here. Okay, not actively involved in your life. Self-absorbed, couldn't think of your needs, wasn't focused on you, focused on their own stuff. Maybe they had problems, maybe they had issues generational stuff, business, trying to put food on the table, whatever it was, but misrepresented the Father's love through this. Not able to share, share feelings or have interest in your feelings. I never remember one time my father saying, how do you feel about that, son? Come up here and lean into my breast and let's have a discussion about how much I love you today. I would have absolutely had a coronary just wasn't there my dad's born in 1911 he's a tough old farm boy he survived everything and he's tough his hands were like leather literally he could pick up a coal and it wouldn't have hurt him he worked with these hands with the shovel all day long and every kind of element you can think of it just wasn't there okay but guess what if i want to lean into somebody's chest i got to learn how to Surrender. I got to get my walls down, folks. I got to learn how to trade my earthly father in that area for my real father, my heavenly father. Respect my father and not, um, he said, to honor him. Honor your father and your mother. So I need to honor my father for everything that he was and did. And I know he loved me. My father would have taken a bullet from me. Don't come against his children. Now, you fight one of us, you're going to fight us all. That's the way those Eckert kids are. We're scrappers. I'm serious. My dad, you, he loved every one of us. He'd have taken the bullet for us. He did it every day through his sacrifices and all. But he wasn't that nurturing, you know, gentle. He doesn't have storage A love like a mother does. He just didn't own it. Now, in later years of life, he, he definitely did, more with my children. But it was, it was again, it's just my story. I can't help this. Okay, symptoms. You may have difficulty believing God is actively involved in your life. He's way out there, in somewhere out in space. You know he loves you, but you don't know he loves you in here. You just know that 
The book says he loves you. I'm sure he loves me. But you don't fill him up close like that. It may seem far off and impersonal. He, he, he's involved in lives, but not. he doesn't care what I had for breakfast. You know, it's just he doesn't care what's going on at my workplace today. He just doesn't. He's too big for all that. That's just that small stuff. And that's absolutely not true. God is your God. He's your he's your man. He's your dad for all of it. Every day, Father, I'm having this going on in my life. What you know? What do you want me to do in this? Give me peace. Give me comfort in this area. I'm not feeling peace and comfort. I'm feeling distant from you. Right there. Number four, the absentee father, not there for you emotionally or physically due to all kinds of things. I mean, we talk about divorces half and you know it's half and half. You know, is this one going to make it? I don't know. Flip the coin. It's about 50-50. And that's just in the church or it's in the world, right? So we know that. We know a lot of you young people are really hurt, including my children, are hurt from previous divorces. And, you know, there are all kinds of reasons people get divorces. Um, there, are bib- there are biblical, there's a biblical out for some, some type of divorces. Tracy and I both experienced that. Both of our... Um, uh, spouses cheated on us. Uh, both of our spouses quit us, basically, to be with others. And um, not not good. Not good. Real hurtful. But the absentee father, when the father's physically not around through divorce, death, abandonment, rejection, whatever reasons, he couldn't give you the fathering that you needed, wasn't there for you, struggle with avoiding your heart. Why did they leave? Did you know the children typically go, what did I do? Daddy, why are you leaving? What did I do wrong? Nothing. But still, we have the, the pain, the open, the empty place there. Um, that's the spiritual orphan we've been talking about. This is kind of a camp on to some other uh, messages I've been giving all about how this thing manifests. Um, we talked about mothers. We talked about several things that, that daisy chain along with this message feel like there's no one to go to for comfort, for affection, security, and affirmation. Some of you, your parents may have been much older and they passed away at an early age. You know you don't have that father to go to to really get that fatherly advice that you need. What are some of the symptoms for the absentee father? You may feel emotionally stoic, have a lack of intimacy. You can't really drop your wall and be all lovey-lovey with Father God. may feel neglected by God or lack of faith. Become independent and self-reliant. That's me. That was me this week. Guess what? God, you're not getting here fast enough. I have these expectations. I'm supposed to be at this place in my life right now, and I'm only here, uh, so I'm the business guy over here. Oh, yes, I, I do have thousands, literally, probably, of great relationships in my life, wonderful children, grandchildren. I can, You know, I didn't go over here and say, Lord, thank you for all of these. Now I went over here and I said, no, 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 you're not quite there yet. And I'm not getting that positive affirmation I need from my business partner. Come on, God, where are you? Isn't that, I mean, I'm just being as transparent as I can right there. Isn't that where we go sometimes? It's just like, Lord, I'm an orphan, a, a, a spiritual orphan this week. Seriously, and I'm up there telling people about how not to be. So... I, I, you know, I'm learning that this is a walk. It's not a, you don't get it, you don't get delivered one Sunday and then it's all over with because it keeps sneaking up on you when you least expect it. 
And the thing comes out and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? I'm not like that. Or am I? Struggle with the void in our hearts, emptiness, fatherlessness. That's number four, the absentee father. What are the symptoms? A few more. Striving, loneliness. May have no more motivation toward God at all because of it. We wonder why, you know, we are the way we are. It's just it's the way the thing's set up, but we know where the freedom is. And it's, again, trading the man, father, respecting him, appreciating him for everything he did and he is. I love my father. And we need to be 100% respectful in every way, take nothing away from the earthly father. The minute parents had the child, their entire lives changed. Right, Ashley? Everything becomes the focus of, of raising those children. No matter whether you think your father was good or not, believe me, they completely changed their lives to bring you into this earth, and they did some things right. Okay, even I do want to say, you know, in some cases the father died or, you know, passed away, and sometimes children can hold that, and, you know, they don't intend to. It's just they hold that, and they really get anger and bitterness toward God about that. You know, why did I not have a father? Why did my father die? And we have war. We have all kinds of things, sickness, disease, illness. We live in a fallen world, and it's not God's fault. And he's not tempting you with that. He's not going to, you know, give you a trial or a test with that. That's not what that is, just so you know. The enemy will tell you that. You know, why did he not give me something? He gave somebody else. The enemy try to get you looking over your neighbor's fence on that one. It's not right. The father desired that we would, at some point in our lives, he said, I was always there. I never left you or forsaken you. I was always there through your trials and your struggles. See, we pray for the power of God to come and deliver us from our struggles. We need to pray for the presence of God to come and be with us through our struggles. You know, we're going to have struggles either way, folks. We need to pray for God to be with us through our struggles. And I'll tell you, as one, I don't want to go through the struggles. I've been through enough of them, haven't you? I do. I just like, Lord, don't even let me go there. Just close the door to all the struggles. I just want to coast on out of here. <laughs> really, I don't want them. I do not want them. I hear people say, I wouldn't take a thing for all the struggles I've been through. You want any more? No, absolutely not. I don't want any more. No, I learned all those lessons. Don't give me any more. It's like asking what else could go wrong. Don't do that either. <laughs> Number five, the authoritarian father. The love of the law, young man. Not the law of love, but the love of the law. But it's going to be that way. It's just real rigid and always law. No grace for you. Just Law, 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 law. That's pretty good. Law, 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 law. <laughs> Legalist. Majors on the truth. Not much compassion or mercy or grace. You see it all the time. You stand up here and preach a, a message of grace, and they bust out before you even finish your sermon. They're like, well, please, come back. I, the best part was going to come up later. And they're like, they're preaching false grace over there. All you have to do is just let the Lord love you, and you don't even have to do one thing, and he loves you just as much. That's wrong. That's just false grace. No, it's not. The whole Bible says that's exactly what it is. Which one of us can boast about what we did? Where were we when he formed this, put the stars in the heaven and formed the earth? 
We have nothing that we can boast about in that regard. He did it all, and it's through his grace and mercy. We preach grace in this church, folks. That's the only way it is. I'm just saying. There are a couple leaving now. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It's grace. By grace you have been saved. Through your faith, by grace you have been saved. That's the way the Lord says it. It is the truth. Only through his grace. We have to keep coming to it because he has grace. Our earthly fathers don't always have it. Especially if you're the authoritarian father. You don't have grace to give. So we trade that earthly lack of grace for the grace that comes from the Father. And he's going to give it and keep giving it. He never quits. And he's not even mad at you about it. He just keeps giving it to you. I know these things, folks. I'm not saying I'm walking them out completely. Now, we're going to keep on this until we get free, aren't we? Let's just do it. Let's keep getting. I said that in 2013, it's going to be the year of freedom. Joy and Crystal are stepping up. They're, they're going to help us get free. We're going to go until we get free. We're going to start living the word of God, not just whatever, you know. The abusive father, let's go there. Physical abuse, unjust punishment. We know that people get so, they're so messed up from previous problems and they didn't know how to discipline. They were never trained in that. They're so frustrated with their lives. They're, the enemies like put a king-sized demon on their head and something goes off and then they beat you down. I mean, they, they get mean. They go off in that moment of rage. You know, you just, you just happen to be there. And a lot of kids are punished unjustly. I know that. I'm not making light of it. It's hard. It's not right. It's, but I got to say that he was there through it all. The father was always there with you. And there are times when you just got to say, I feel sorry for my dad for that. You know, I know that he was struggling with his own stuff, and we have to forgive him. Did you know we're going to have to let him go for all of that? We're going to have to literally unlock the chain on him because it's on him too. You think that doesn't bother him? It's like, I know what I did. Some of them stuff it so far down they can't remember what they did. But we've got to unlock that padlock, and we've got to let him out. We've got to let the earthly father out. And then we've got to go to our father and say, you're not like that. You're never going to do that. You don't have those problems and issues. You are loving every single kind of love there is in full measure of it. And we're, I'm telling you, there's, we are going to get free. We are going to keep on this till we do. The abusive father, I mean, emotional, harsh tones, devaluing words. We said that that was really the the abuse that comes sometimes from earthly fathers. I mean, it's why we have this line up here. Because we don't feel the love. Like Georgia said, 100% Georgia. She's amazing at what she does because she has an understanding that we manifest and find false lovers. And we go outside the love of God if we don't have him and don't know him like that. And we try to find comfort. If your need is not getting met, it makes the heart sick. You're going to meet it. You'll bond to something. If that happens to be sexual perversion of some kind, then it is. So what? We already know that it's a heart with with a need unmet. So what are we going to do? Oh, well, they have, oh, they're shame, you know. Are we going to shame them too? Is that what the church does? No. We realize that people that are carrying issues from the Father, they're going to manifest in some way or another. And if it's shame, 
if it's a sexual perversion of some kind, shame is attached to it by us. Shame is attached to it by the devil. He said, oh, you, boy, if people knew what you did in secret, oh, there's no way God can love you. Just start, you know, camping on. That's a lie. God can love you, and he does, shame or not. You can be in the worst kind of relationship in the world secretly, and God loves you anyway. He's already said that to us. I go through the scriptures. It'll take us all day. There are so many in the word about it. So we need to get over this. We need to say if we've got shame in our life, what does Jesus do? He sets us free from shame. There's now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We just read it. But we've got to be in Christ Jesus. What's Christ do? Shows his way to the Father. All of this was set up by the Father to bring us to Father. Jesus is the way. Father is the destination. You all get that, right? He has come and paid the price for all of it. So if you're carrying shame, quit it. Leave it here. Put it at Jesus' feet and say, I am clean. I leave this room spotless, and if I fall again in a month, two months, five months, whatever it is, if I fall again, when the flesh comes in, I'm going to turn away and live according to the Spirit again. I'm going to say I'm sorry again, Lord. I'm going to say that hurt me again. I'm going to forgive and be forgiven again. And that's the way we want to live our lives. We live our lives according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. We don't want... Yeah, I'm right. The shame a lot of times comes from this, uh, this particular type of, of representation of Father's love, misrepresentation of Father's love. It's when we get into, you know, the abuse. A lot of times that happens. I've known, we've ministered many people that um, they did nothing wrong when they were a little child. Something happened to them that set their template in the wrong direction. Homosexuality, many, many people we've talked to, that was all set up at a very young age through uh, the abuse of of an adult in their lives. But I want to give you hope. Our Father in heaven has never left us or forsaken us. He loves you. The worship team can come up. He loves you with an everlasting love. He never quits. He said his thoughts toward you are as many as the sand is on the seashore. He said he called us Father. We call him Abba. He said he has a full measure of storge love, just like a woman would have, a mother would have for her child. He has every kind of love and full representation of it. Folks, we know where to go. We know where to go for the love that we're looking for. We know where to go where we don't need counterfeit affections of any kind, but we can go to him. And we know that he's close and he's personal. I want to share, share with you a few words that are used to describe the Father. I don't know if you've ever really looked at it, but Jesus said, remember when he was talking with Philip, he said, Philip says, Jesus, show us the Father. That'll be enough. And he goes, you've been with me. I'm an exact representation of the Father. It's what he means. Jesus um, said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Father is just like Jesus. How's Jesus? He's loving. He's fair. He's humble. He's forgiving. He's honest. He's dependable. He's gracious. He has grace to just pour out on us. This is your Father that you can go to right now. Your personal Father in heaven. 